Satnam, and welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem Singh. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, to the podcast. Those of you who caught the concentration and meditation episode, uh, you know that uh, my goal here is to get new episodes out to you every Wednesday and to honor this short little bit of time where I wasn't able to get podcasts out to you. Uh, I'm putting out a few just for your listening pleasure. Uh, my family moved house over the holidays, and so I wasn't able to get as many teachings out as I like to. And so I'm just going to put out a bunch today. And then going forward, every Wednesday, you'll get to spend some time with me. Um, also, we have a Patreon that is in the works, so soon you'll be able to become a member uh, to the work that we're doing of the Global Sangit, make a contribution, and in exchange for your contribution, catch some videos and some full classes, and even uh, cultivating a uh, virtual classroom sort of setting where it'll be like a circle or a support group where we can come together and uh, share the teachings maybe via Zoom or a phone call uh, on a weekly basis. So I'm just putting together the details of that. If you're interested, uh, please uh, let me know. You can always reach me at tiagaprem at thedharmatemple.com or hit me up. Uh, you can DM me on Instagram at tiagaprem. You can also get in touch via the Dharma Temple. Uh, check out our website or head over to the Dharma Temple on Instagram. Also, I want to give a shout out to Seed Pants, uh, the great company Seed Pants. They make hemp pants uh, from sustainably sourced hemp that is grown in Canada. Uh, they're a great design. They're super comfortable pants. I, I love mine. I wear them with multiple different styles of outfits from kurtas to rock and roll tees. Um, and I can feel good about wearing them because they will biodegrade uh, if I ever, you know, stop wearing them or I wear them into dust. Uh, there's nothing that is harmful to the planet in them. And uh, it's a socially responsible company. So I have, I have a million good things to say about Seed. So ch please check out Seed, our first sponsor. You can go to the theseedstore.ca and check out their products, check out the, the business, their ethos, their mission. And best of all, check out the stylish pants. Get yourself a pair for sure. This week we are talking about what is a sick. Uh, this is a conversation that we had on September 11th in 2019, a conversation about love and just educating people on what sicky is and what living the life of a sick is sometimes pronounced as sick, but you know, if you want to get uh, extra brownie points, you could say sick, you know, because it's the, it's the correct pronunciation. But if you say seek, it's okay. Everybody will uh, still love you as long as you're coming with uh, respect and compassion and all of the things that represent what it means to be a sick. We talk about mercy, the importance of mercy. We talk about love beyond logic. We talk about addiction. Uh, we, there's a nice, neat little story about me being starstruck around Gaber Mate. Uh, we talk about this wonderful teaching from Guru Nanak, I see no enemy and I see no stranger. We talk about the activist Valerie Kaur. She's so inspiring. If you aren't familiar with her work, please check her out. Um, I, she's definitely a person I would love to spend some time with in this life. I'm very inspired by her work. So if you know her, uh, tell her that uh, about what I do. And maybe we could, you know, this is the time where we could just merge and become become pals we could you know do something together we could even have her to the dharma temple who knows so 
I talk about uh, Valerie Kaur's work, and I talk about her courage uh, and this uh, the love and acceptance and tolerance that she embodies and how that's important that we learn to do the same. I talk about becoming the person you've been waiting for. Talk about seeing with your heart instead of with your opinions or your eyes or your head. Um, and yeah, talk about not shifting or changing my identity because of fear or shame. Uh, that's a big one. This is a big episode. So uh, I'm glad you're taking the time to tune in and listen uh, to this conversation about love that happened on September 11, 2019, uh, right here on Revealing the Diamond. Satnam. Thank your groups, and then we'll, we're ready for liftoff. All right. So, what is it? Love. What is love? <laughs> There's so many ways we could go with that, right? Um, yeah, what did, you, what did you come up with? That's a broad topic, isn't it? Nobody came up with anything? Acceptance. Acceptance, good. This is not a quiz, <laughs> you know? It's just like a meeting of the minds, and we'll, that'll sort of create the springboard on which we push against into the experience. Rather than you come, I talk at you, make you do some ridiculous exercise, then you go home, it's a shared experience. Yeah. What else? Acceptance. Thank you. It's not always warm and fuzzy. <laughs> I, I have a tattoo on this arm that says mother and it has a wooden spoon through the heart. And then people are like, oh, your mom must have been a good cook. And I was like, that's not what it's for. <laughs> Different kind of love. <laughs> I don't, I mean, we've evolved since then, my daughter, uh, she she doesn't get that, you know, but I did, and I, I think I needed it, you know, at the time. Not anymore. <laughs> what else? That's what we are. Oh, yeah, cool. I love that answer. Yogi Bhajan said, love is an experience of oneself within oneself. That was a good, he was pretty good. <laughs> what else? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, there's a whole lot of, if you do this, then I'll love you. Yogi Ji would say, that's not love, that's a business transaction. You know, and there are duties and responsibilities, you know, aren't there? You know. But that's not, that's not a guarantee for love. Kind of like uh, tech, techniques, right? It's like, you know, in Zen, they say that the techniques are the finger pointing at the moon and the experience of the techniques is the moon. Well, the finger is not the moon. You get it? 
but you may need, you know, say, like when I'm driving with my daughter in the car and you see the moon and you say, wow, look at the moon. And she's looking here and there and everywhere. And you go, it's right there. And she's like, oh, yeah. That's how the techniques work. <laughs> you know. She's seven, not 20 or something. You know? mm -hmm. All right. Love. Well, September 11th, uh, I remember... Uh, the big September 11th when I was in university, uh, that was a pretty uh, shocking moment. So we remember that. But also I have this close connection to 11. Lots of y'all uh, who come around here know that. I have a soul path in tantric numerology of 11. I have a close connection to the Guru Granth Sahib, the script, holy scripture of the six, which is considered to be the 11th Guru. And when I did my uh, daily numerology reading today, guess what number it said to focus on? 11. Yeah, so a <laughs> lot of 11. And so it got me to thinking about, you know, love, like how do we rise uh, with love out of an experience like that? Because it's like a stinger, bless you, it's like a stinger. If a stinger goes into you, like a real deep sting, um, the bump doesn't really go away. It's kind of like you don't forget just because you've forgiven something. Does that make sense? Like the scar is still there or something like that. So I started thinking about, you know, love or uh, what I call love beyond logic. Like the word mercy. I love that word. And do you ever hear that word used unless you're listening to like 90s dance hall music? Lord of mercy, not that, but like real mercy, like you don't hear that. It's not in the media, it's not popular language, you know, and I think that's a problem, you know, because mercy is this like revolutionary love that is beyond logic. It's like, I'm going to love you even though you don't deserve it logically. And when you love somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be physically present with them. That's an interesting thing, right? Sometimes we think like, oh, okay, I have, I'm a yogi and a spiritual practitioner. I have to love you. So that means you can walk all over me. And I'm not talking about that. Does that make sense? But to have that kind of love beyond logic in a time of rage is a big challenge. And that's where your practice will really support you, in my experience, you know. Because what the practice gives you is this opportunity to pause before you react to a situation. And that, that little bit of pause is priceless. You know, even in the simplest situations, you know, like I'm tired. I use the analogy a lot. You almost think that I never do the dishes or something. But when I'm, when I'm tired and not, my partner's like, hey, will you do the dishes? Like sometimes I feel like being like, I did it yesterday or, you know, whatever the trip is. And if I say that, I'm entering into a world of pain, you know. But if I just feel the pause just for the moment because I got up and I did my sadhana and I'm just like, even, even if I don't want to do it, I'm like, all right, you got it. And then the rest of the time is just me do, being tired doing the dishes. No big deal. 
But if I act like an idiot, then I get to have this long conversation about that. And it becomes blame and sympathy. You know, who needs that? Most people are looking for it unconsciously, but they don't really want it. You know? And I got to reflecting about the words of Guru Nanak, who said that, when, when talking about love, he said, I see no stranger and I see no enemy. That's some deep love right there. Even when somebody really hurts you, to see that through the conditions of the person and see that the condition is not the person. You know, it's like, uh, you know, Gabor Mate. He's an amazing, he lives here in Vancouver. You know, some people get starstruck when they see somebody like famous. He's my like starstruck. I'm like, oh my God, Gabor Mate is eating dinner at, you know, chai up the way. And, That's where uh, I saw him. Oh, there you go. Maybe he's always there. If you want to see Gabor Mate, just head up the road to chai. He's there having, you know. Yeah, that's right. That's another good uh, uh, Gabor Mate um, uh, sighting. But he talked about working with people with uh, cases of addiction. And he said, like, you could practically set your watch to this, that the severity of a person's addiction related almost directly to the severity of sexual abuse that they experienced as a child. You know. And... And that's a good example of those people aren't bad people because they're addicts. I mean, y'all are yogis and you understand that. You don't need me to explain that to you. But you can see that it's a condition that is causing, like a karma, a life condition that is causing a certain kind of outcome. It's not the person. You understand? And so you can create a new relationship to the condition. The condition won't go away, you know. Just, it's like uh, I heard Rob Doss say one time, he goes like, you know, he's balding early in life and he has this nice big beard and he used to have this long hair and he said, you know, it's not like if I say my prayers and be really kind to everybody that my hair will continue to grow or grow back. Maybe. Like he's still holding on to that idea that if he's good enough, his hair will grow. <laughs> you know. But it, that's, that's not how, how it works, right? But you can create a new relationship to the condition. Like that's a condition of nature. You could see that it's the amount of hair that you have is beautiful for you. You know, instead of, it's all comparison, like, Oh, wow, look at so-and-so. I wish I was more like that. For what? Making sense? Yeah. You know. And I think part of this revolutionary love that we practice as yogis and as uh, spiritual uh, people is making a commitment to refuse to hate. That's the I see no enemy part. I see no stranger. I see conditions. I see people in pain. You know, and, and being in pain will cause you to act in a way that is not in alignment with your dharma. You know, it's like the, you heard that story about the ferocious lion who's like roaring at the mouse and then the mouse pulls the sliver out of the lion's paw 
and then the lion is really lovely to be around. Have you heard that? It's a good story. But it's a similar kind of thing. But it also requires a lot of grit to love like that. You know, to not take things personally. Whoa, that's a big one. You know, and to hold steady. There's this story about uh, Mai Bago, this uh, great Sikh warrior, this one of the first women to take up the sword. And there was 40 uh, other soldiers that were at their posts and they were fighting a big empire. And uh, they left the post because they were outnumbered. And they went back to a local town. And when they got to the town, they came into contact with this woman. And she said, you can't give up. You have to go back and I'll lead you. And she put on a turban and picked up a sword and got on a horse and took them back out to fight. And she became the person that she was waiting for in relationship to love. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like Yogi Bhajan saying, he said, this is his words, not mine. He said, you human idiots think that you're going to find your soulmate? How stupid you are, that's what he said. What does he mean? Well, he means that your soulmate is you. You understand? She became the person that she was waiting for. She didn't wait for somebody else to make all of her problems go away. If you're waiting for that, it ain't happening. You know, it ain't happening. My daughter is like pretty good at taking my problems away, but she's also seven and that won't last forever. <laughs> You know, I know that, but, but she put on that turban as a sign of, I'm here to help. And uh, she took up the sword as a symbol of, in, in the tradition I practice, the sword is considered to be the Adi Shakti, the feminine force that cuts through darkness, you know. And that's a loving action. It's intense but it's legit. And after uh, November, November, after September 11th, that's another class, September, November 11th is coming up in two months. <laughs> after September 11th, uh, America's new enemy looked like our teacher, Yogi Bhajan. You know, the turban and the beard became more suspect than it had ever been before. You know. and, and the first person that was killed uh, after that in a hate crime in the United States, in Arizona, was a man named uh, Balbir Singh Sodhi. And he was the uncle of the uh, human rights activist Valerie Kaur. I don't know if you know her work, but she's incredible. You know, if, I, if, if you were taking notes, if you wrote anything down, I would write her name down. That's how important she is during this time. And we got to do the same work that she's doing, but she's an inspiration. But anyhow, after her uncle was killed, she went to go and be with her uh, aunt, who was the widow of the uncle who was killed, and weep with her and grieve this terrible thing that happened. A so-called patriot, you know, killed somebody, thinking they were doing the right thing because of how they looked, you know. And so she went to comfort her, 
and she asked her if there was anything that she would like to say to America. And she thought for sure that she was going to hear some blame. You know, you ever been really hurt? You know, sometimes things come out that you mean or you don't mean, you have to figure it out later. But she, that didn't even happen in that moment. You know what she said? She said that she would like to thank all of the Americans that came to her husband's funeral. Now, of course, mainstream media did not cover much of this killing, but the local media did because they knew this man to be a good man. So you can't, when it's local, it's really hard to just ignore it. You know what I mean? You know, it's hard to ignore a person's character because you're not just a number. And so they ran the story on the news and 3,000 people showed up, strangers, to the funeral. And so she just said, I want to say thank you. That's love. You know, that takes a lot of grit and courage. Acceptance. Isn't that acceptance? You know, that's an intense acceptance. And I'm not saying all of this because I think y'all should have turbans and beards. <laughs> That's not the point. The point, though, is I, I want to encourage you to look with your heart at the world around you. Because this happens in yoga, my friends. You know, like how many times have I heard from people say like, oh, I don't want to practice kundalini yoga because I'm, I don't really like the like, look of it. That's prejudice. I have to tell people that. And they're like, oh, yeah, uh, whoops, you know, like that sort of thing. But that's deeply ingrained stuff. That's programming coming through. You know, one of our friends, Baltej Singh, he was the first uh, uh, RCMP officer to wear a turban and a beard. And I was a kid when he was fighting to get, you know, it was his dream to do that job. And I noticed that there were like people around who you didn't think to be racist. And as soon as he uh, wanted to become an RCMP, where it should be about who's the best at the job, who's got the most integrity, who's the most responsible, who's ready to do the work. And there was people like, well, you know, he should really uh, have to do that because that's the uniform in this Canadian way. And I'm just like, dude, that's racist. You know, the neighbor's racist. I didn't know, but now I know. And then you get to spend time in the company of a person like that who stood up against what was normal to people and said, uh-uh, it ain't happening. You get in the presence of a person like that and you experience what it means to be a warrior and a saint, which is what this whole practice comes down through. And you're being called to be that. And don't matter what you look like, it matters how you are, that you listen to the wisdom of your heart. And then you do the practice on a regular basis to clear the programming. You know, everybody's got it. Making sense? Line up with love, you know. And I could mention all kinds of, you know, uh, horrific things like the Oak Creek shooting. Even my friends, like I, I have, I play basketball with a team of uh, people who are like primarily Punjabi guys. And they got, all got names like Harry and 
you know, uh, Dave and Rob. And I'm like, those for sure are not the names that they were given. And I know they're not. One of my friends, he's a dentist and he goes by the name Harry. His name's Harinder. So why don't you go by the name Harinder? He says, to be honest, if people back in the day when I started my practice looked in the phone book, they see Harinder, they won't go. You know? It's deep programming. That's all I'm saying. And we need to unprogram or deprogram. You know, because this particular practice has saved my ass again and again and again and again and again. So every morning I get up early off. I'm saying thankful, thank you to the people who carried it forward, who were not afraid, even while they were being persecuted. And when people say, oh, well, I don't really like to go and bow at, at the Gurdwara and I'm not really into the religious stuff. I'm like, you don't have to, but you do need to say thank you if you've ever had a profound experience with the sounds of this practice. And that's where the magic is. And if you don't say thank you, I don't know, this is a, the best I can do. Maybe you'll get the lesson somewhere else, <laughs> you know. But that's love, my friends. And for me, I might not wear my turban 24-7 because, you know, that's a new thing for me. I've been practicing uh, the sick way of life for about four or five years. And so for my wife, it's a new thing. And I'm respectful to her because I love her. But this is my identity. And I got one rule. And the rule is this. I will never take my turban off or put it on because of fear or shame. That's the rule on all sides, because everybody's got an opinion. It's like when people say like, oh, are you a sick? I have to analyze them very close to see who's asking. <laughs> if they have the love of the guru, if they have the, I see no enemy and I see no stranger, I say yes. And we embrace and carry on. But if I see they're coming at me from the head and from some dogmatic bullshit, I'm like, not really into religion. Got the wrong guy. You know, making sense? And I think, you know, I, really what I'm doing is learning to be like my teacher. Yogi Bhajan, he said we need to be 10 times greater than him. I heard this great story about him when he first came to the United States. He was in an airport dressed amazingly. He had great style. And somebody came up to him and they were really freaked out by his appearance. And they were like, you know, like, where are you from? Like agro nonsense, right? And you know what he said? I'm from the future. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, no, no, like, you know, like what culture or what? He's like, these are the clothes of the future. And the person is like so annoyed with him they just left like they didn't know what to do you see you just don't you just know how to get around it it's important i'll say a couple more things and then we'll practice when people ask about the relationship between you know looking like i look and kundalini yoga and they say well i'm not as into being a sick these are the things that I ask the person. 
Do you understand that there is one universal intelligence that is in everything? Most people say yes. You don't have to name it. Nanak called it Ekankar. It's just oneness. Do you practice being absorbed in meditation? Most people, if you're here, you do. Because everybody said you practiced. Do you believe in the healing power of sound, breath, and service? Do you understand this concept of no stranger, no enemy? doesn't mean do you do it perfectly. Do you understand the concept? Do you believe that doing rituals just for the sake of doing rituals doesn't mean anything? And do you see the value of hard work, community, honesty? And do you feel in your heart that one of the greatest spiritual practices you can do is feed people? If you said yes to all those things, I'm afraid you're a sick. Not S-I-C-K. But people are afraid because of programming. And we're going to fix that. But through our presence. And that's what the practice does. Make sense? Practice with an open heart. That's it. Heal yourself, heal your programming, heal your lineage. And then once you understand who you are in relationship to the whole, go out and be the mirror, be the forklift, elevate others to do the same. Even in the face of really difficult people. In fact, the calling for this love beyond logic is not only to accept really difficult people, but to protect them. Some people's logic just went like, what? I'll accept them, maybe, but protect? I ain't doing that. You know what that means? We got work to do. Thanks again for listening to Revealing the Diamond. If you love the work that we do, please rate us and review us on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, to get in touch, Prem at the Dharma Temple.com for email inquiries for one-on-one -on -one work, for sponsorship, uh, or for bookings. You can also get in touch via Instagram at Prem or at the Dharma Temple. Thanks again. Stay blessed. Satnam.